2: Hello and welcome to the following on podcast. I'm Andrew McKenna. Today we saw over 700 runs at Trent Bridge, with Bangladesh achieving their highest ever run total in one-day internationals. But it was Australia that took the victory, winning by 48 runs. We'll look back at this match and look ahead to tomorrow, where England are back in action as they face Sri Lanka. We'll hear from Moin Ali, who'll make his 100th ODI appearance if he's picked.
3: Uh, Obviously means a lot. um... Play 100 games for England, ODI games. It's obviously a dream. Never ever thought in my wildest dreams that I would get close to it. So, um, you know, it's an amazing feeling.
2: Welcome to following on with myself, Andrew McKenna, and once again alongside me, the former England fast bowler, Steve Harmison. Let's start, Harmy, though, by listening to what the winning skipper, Aaron Finch, and David Warner had to say to Sky Sports following the match.
4: Obviously, it's, it's, great, it's a great achievement, but uh, I think, um, you know, for us, it's about getting these two points and uh, moving on to the next game at Lord's.
5: Now, you and Aaron Finch go at about, what, five, five and a half and over, in an era when everyone thought you're going to go much quicker. Is it the T20 effect that we know we can get as many as we want at the back end?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, you always keep wickets in hand, especially in one-day cricket. Um, you know, that's the way that we play. And, uh, you know, it's not like we'd go out there on purpose and not try and go off to a good start. But uh, you have to respect the new ball. Um, and if you get off to a fly, you sort of got to, you know, gang, gang, go ahead with that momentum. But, uh, look, to, to give the credit to the bowlers, they bowl well to us in, uh, in, in patches. Um, and then, obviously, when we get past that 10, it's about knocking them around and trying to target, like, six to eight and over. Is this the style going ahead, you think, for the rest of the World Cup? Yeah, look, it's, uh, you know, you're know, you always open to whatever presents itself out there. Um, you've got to adapt you know, to the conditions, and, and that, as I said, it's about momentum. So if you get off to a flyer, it's about assessing, one, how many wickets you lost, and then, two, you know, how you want to play it through the middle overs. But uh, so far, things are working well. And now the winning captain, Aaron Finch. Was there a little butterfly somewhere
5: at any point? Oh, absolutely. Every time a uh, team starts to get a partnership going and and very experienced players. I think that's that's what worries you a lot at at times, is is the experience of some of the players. When they get in, they they know how to get home in a a run chase. So I thought our boys held their nerve pretty well, though. Now, you and David Warner at the top, you've got, what, two century partnerships, 350 players. That's that's your biggest strength, you think? Oh Yeah, we've been pretty consistent, which is nice to to get the side off to a decent start. I think that... um, Having guys who have, have experienced World Cups before, I think that that's a huge advantage as well at times because you just know what to expect walking into each game and, and particularly the back half of the tournament when, when there's a lot of crunch games. So, um, yeah, I think that, that all in all, I think having having experience but also having having some good partnerships with bat and ball is important. Batting looks fine. Are you now closer to knowing what your best bowling squad is because you've been making a few changes? Yeah, a couple of them changes were forced though. When when you when you lose your all rounder for a few games, you you have to sacrifice something. So we we ended up the spinner was left out for a couple of games. Um, so it's just that's just toying with ideas and see what works for you from game to game. But, but it also re- relies on the surface as well. If you turn up and there's no grass and it's very dry, it looks like a deli wicket, then you, you you're probably going to play two spinners. So I think that um, all in all, we we've, we've we've got a really clear idea going forward. The fielding today, a little uh, un-Aussie? It was very sloppy, wasn't it? It was uh, it was disappointing, actually, because we, we always pride ourselves on our fielding, and, um, yeah, it was early early on it was quite wet and slippery, but uh, no excuses, it was uh, pretty poor. Now, ten points, Do the minds, does the mind start to wander towards the semifinals, or not yet? Not yet, not at all. Uh, in a tournament like this, like I said, when teams have experience, it, it can be tough to to dislodge them. So, I mean, it's going to be a, a fight right to the end and then uh, hopefully secure one of those spots.
2: Well, Harmy, 381 for five from Australia. They won the toss and batted. And how? What an innings from David Warner. 166 from 147 balls.
6: Yeah, it was fantastic, was it? it? was a fantastic innings by Warner. It was a well played by, you know, good innings put together by Australia. Uh, there's been quite a, quite a bit of criticism, to be fair, for, for Australia from Shane Warne about not about how Australia are playing, but the manner of and how long it takes them. Uh, being conservative first took 35 overs and then start to progress through the gears and again they did start relative, not not slowly but they didn't start the crash bang wallop you'd expect from from Warner and from Finch uh, Finch played well 50 or 51 balls but in the latter part on a small ground on a good pitch Warner showed what a, a fantastic player he is uh, able helped by Kawadja and I thought Maxwell's innings was the, the turning point of the game but I think that will be always overshadowed by 166 by Warner who was again shows what he is he's a class class player there's a lot of talk about what's happening in the past and his discipline and misdemeanors but take that all aside David Warner is a world class cricketer at the top of the order and he is why Australia still have a chance at winning the World Cup
2: Yeah, I think Sevilla was not going to be the most popular man in the Bangladesh dressing room, dropping David Warner on 10 at the time, final ball of the uh, the fifth over. But on that, the idea of um, scoring slower at the start and then powering on, I mean, at 30 overs, Australia were 168 for one. They scored 213, therefore, in the... uh, uh, Final 20 overs of the innings. And Warner himself, his 100 came up off 110 balls. Mm. He went to 150 off 139. So the third 50 only took 29 deliveries. Now we know this is a very Virat Kohli uh, thing. Is this coming about because now so many more of the international players are playing in the IPL and they're maybe on Virat's team or they're getting a closer look? Because that's very much his way of thinking, isn't it? I'll start a little bit slower, but I can catch up. And it does appear now. To be spreading throughout the game.
6: Yeah, it, it, a little bit, but I can understand what Warnie's saying. Shane Warnie's saying when they, you're putting a lot of pressure on your bottom order, a lot of pressure on your bottom order. I think England go hard at this top. Best over Roy they go really hard and it's important that they keep going hard because i think it's difficult f- to come in from ball 1 for people further down the order even though butler's good at it he likes to have a look at one or two and so does stokes maxwell probably the best i've seen at like, hitting the first ball for six and carrying on um, but you put a lot of pressure on Ma- uh, stoyness you put a lot of pressure on maxwell a lot of pressure on smith later on if you go down that way as well as all of a sudden, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come a time where you're right. Yeah, 100 was it 100, 160, 180 off 30 overs. If you go, you come against an England with an archer and a wood or India with a Bumrah or Chahal or Yadav in that middle period where they can get wickets. All of a sudden, you lose two quick wickets in the middle there. You ain't getting 250. And that's not enough in any, any, against anybody, whether it's the top teams or the bottom teams. So you, you have to be careful. You have to have the expertise and you have to have the ability to, to execute that Glenn plan because it's all well and good. Virat Kohli saying he, that's the way he wants to go. He's one of the best players on the planet. I'm not sure me immortals and in, in <laughs> other sides can do that, to be fair. And you make the good
2: point about putting pressure on the others. The Aussies were three fifty uh, uh, two for two. Uh, then were 354 for five Mm. in a heartbeat later. It's so much more difficult when you've got had guys thrashing it around to all parts to then all of a sudden have um, someone coming in in, new to the crease. There's only five overs left. They know they've got to fling it around. It's never as easy. So actually, it sounds stupid, but I'm going to say this, 381 for five. But it probably... Would have been nearer to 400 had they lost a couple of wickets less. So that that's that sort of balance, the risk and the reward thing that you got to look at.
6: You have to you have to be calculated in what your strengths are. Your strengths are as a team and as a unit. England's are because obviously we're you know we're, we're patriotic towards England. England's are going hard at the top and keep going because England's batting depth. Is huge. And that's the difference. That could be the difference between and I've said it many times, difference between win and losing the World Cup. England, because the England could win it because they bat all the way down to nine ten. And they can keep you know, woke's coming in at potentially nine, potentially ten, can keep, keep hitting it out the park. Now you look at the Australia side when you you come down to it, the likes of you know Cummins can bat, but Colton Isle you know he, he can hit it a little bit but all of a sudden you know that middle that middle order is not quite as strong and you put pressure on them when you've got to come out and hit six it's from the start that takes some doing especially on the bigger fields Trent bridge not a very big field wicket was quite slow it, you mentioned with 700 and odd runs there are times that that can happen but i think if you that that is your game plan and your template for every game I think you might struggle, especially if you come at Old Trafford, which is a big ground. Southampton, which is a big ground, hitting the ball for six and hitting the ball over the rope—it takes some doing from ball one—and you could come unstuck. And I think, you know, that is the dangerous ploy. But work for Australia in this game—it's worked for them so far. You know, they've got some; their big hitters have all had decent scores, um, and they're bowling the they ball bowl relatively well against the Bangladesh side, who I thought batted very, very well. They did indeed.
2: 3.33 for uh, eight. It is their highest total in one-day internationals, which gives you an idea of how stiff the target was, that they make their highest total and still lose by 48. Uh, Fabulous 100 by Mushvikur. Good knocks as well from Tamim, 62 for him. Shakib, 41. Mamandullah with uh, 69 from 50 balls. A word, though... um, Australia changed things around. They brought the spinner back in, uh, Adam Zampa. Now, I know subcontinental players have a different way of playing spin to other sides. But Adam Zampa, to me, looked like a man who well, hasn't been playing much and has been struggling a bit for form. Now, I, I will openly accept... The conditions at the moment are not great for bowling spin with the amount of um, rain and moisture that will be in the surfaces. But um, Adam Zampa didn't exactly make a huge case. I know that a lot of the Aussie uh, media and former players are asking the question, what has Nathan Lyon got to do to get a game? Well, Zampa didn't exactly make a huge case today for staying in the side, did he?
6: No, he didn't. And I think that another another one is, is, is Lyon's experience. I think Lyon's experience probably would have been more suited especially against like you say one of the Asian block on a small ground trim bridge is tiny especially in pockets of extra cover and mid wicket um, because of the dimensions of the ground the stands that are built there you know, the, 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 the boundaries have come in a little bit and the wristy players like I mentioned before the Asian block are the ones that sort of chip it over extra cover but slog sweep and sweep well mid wicket square leg and that's the shortest part of the ground so Zampa got tested today. He probably wasn't up to the test as he would like to. Um, can they get Lyon in the side? Zampa doesn't bat, so Lyon, there's not much difference in that. Not much difference, I don't think, in the field. Just seems to be the modern game, modern white ball 50 over game, that you need a wrist spinner. And I think that's what's keeping Adam Zampa in the team, not his performance. I think it's more the the thought process around the world that the wrist spinner the leg spinner or the left arm Chinaman is more effective, more dangerous in the world game. And the go on this stats will tell you. So I think that's why they're keeping Adam Zampa on the side. But if he continues to bowl the way he has been bowling, I don't think it'll be too long before Nathan Lyon gets a game in uh, in this World Cup. By
2: the way, can we play Bangladesh at home uh, every summer, at least one or two games? Because their fans have been mm. absolutely brilliant. I mean today, every time the ball went past the bat, they were screaming for a wicket, whether it was hit or not, because if it went past the bat and through to the keeper then a four, it must have been edged. And every, They seem to appear, uh, applaud as well by sound. As soon as bat makes contact with ball, they're up and screaming that it must be a four or a six. I mean the fact that it's sort of trickled out to extra cover doesn't seem to bother them. They're are absolutely brilliant fun
6: they are and it's great it's great to hear the noise and the enthusiasm they, they, they love their cricket it's it's ridiculous and you have toured bangladesh before and it's it's a fascinating place to go about the game of cricket and how much they love the game of cricket and in england when you hear the saturday afternoon crowds it's like football crowds sometimes when england are playing australia are playing come tea time it gets a bit more boisterous once the alcohol content gets in but this is all, this is all alcohol free. This is all, they're on green tea. How can you make so much noise on, on, on green tea? Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's bizarre. It's fantastic. And I think the the enthusiasm they have got, they were well repaired today because their team, Fair play. Steve Rhodes has done a fantastic job for Bangladesh. They're sitting fifth in the World Cup place. Yeah, fifth. Yeah, you don't celebrate being fifth. But they're ahead in the table of India. Of, sorry, of Pakistan, of South Africa. On, um, I think Sri Lanka as well. Up, uh, I'm not sure if they got done by run rate today, but I think they're up above Sri Lanka as well at this moment in time. That tells you how far Bangladesh have come. And fair play to Steve Rhodes and my old mate Neil McKenzie, because they've got a team of experienced lads there having a good go. And even though they were 48 runs short, their support showed how much the appreciation was, because I thought they were were both on and off the field. Bangladesh were a credit today.
2: Well, let's step away from today for a moment. Let's catch up with what's going on in the rest of the tournament with TalkSport to Scott Taylor.
7: Thanks very much, Maka. Hi, I'm Scott Taylor and away from Australia against Bangladesh at Trent Bridge. Here's what else is happening at the Cricket World Cup. New Zealand temporarily moved to the top of the table with a tense four-wicket win over South Africa at Edgbaston. Kane Williamson's unbeaten 106 steered his side over the line in the final over which has led to many suggesting that it could be one of the greatest ever World Cup innings. However, the Kiwis captain dismissed any such claims in his post-match press conference. They don't really rank uh, innings,
1: but each time you can try and go out and contribute to a winning performance is something that that you're always wanting to do, and it was nice I was able to achieve that today.
7: South Africa are now eighth in the table, having picked up just one win in their opening six matches with it looking almost impossible for them to qualify for the semi-finals. The Proteas have been unlucky in this tournament though, with Dale Steyn missing out altogether with a shoulder injury and former captain A.B. de Villiers revealing he wanted to be part of the World Cup squad on the day of the selection. And captain Faf Duplessis admitted they just don't have the talent in the squad to be able to compete.
4: Unfortunately, we've just not been as good as the opposition that we've played against. Um, New Zealand today was a little bit better than us um, and that's, that's a skill thing, uh, that's, not a, that's not a hunger thing, it's not a determination thing, it's not a fight thing so yeah, I can't fault the team for that."
7: And the former England batsman Alan Lamb has been giving his reaction with Talk Sport and he's predicted the Kiwis to cause a shock for the rest of the World Cup.
0: I think all their fans will be
2: very disappointed. Um, They thought they may get a chance of uh, qualifying for the semi-finals, but having a look at the sides on paper, I didn't think they would qualify. The four sides that are going to qualify are as as thought, and I think the underdogs probably, um, as we see, are going to be New Zealand.
7: The former England batsman Alan Lamb speaking with Talk Sport there. And looking ahead to Friday's action, England could return to the top of the table if they beat Sri Lanka at Headingley. Should he play, it will be a 100th ODI appearance for all-rounder Moen Ali. but many have suggested that it's a shootout between him and Liam Plunkett for that final spot in the 11, and that will be dictated by whether Owen Morgan wants to play an extra spinner or an extra seamer. Well, if he does play, Ali says it will be a dream come true to reach such a significant milestone.
3: Obviously means a lot. Play 100 games for England, ODI games. It's obviously a dream. Never ever thought in my wildest dreams that I would get close to it, so um, you know, it's an amazing feeling.
7: England are one of the form teams heading into this game, winning four of their first five matches so far, not only posting the highest score of the tournament, but having four batsmen in the top ten for the most runs scored so far this World Cup. So it would be difficult to predict anything other than a run fest at Headingley on Friday, but Sri Lanka captain Dimuth Karunaratne hopes they can restrict them to less than 300.
3: England side is a good side. I think uh, they have a
6: good batting lineup. So we need to defend uh, less than 300. So those are the key things we discussed before the match, and uh, we are trying to do it there.
7: We'll have updates of this game on Talk Sport with extended coverage with Maka on Talk Sport 2. And finally, the former England batsman Luke Wright believes Jason Gillespie can make the step up and become the new England head coach. Trevor Bayliss will stand down from his role as England head coach following the Ashes this summer. Wright currently plays under Gillespie at Sussex and has backed him to make the step up to an international role.
6: I think one day he'll do it. It's just whether it's, it's now or you know in another five, ten years. But at some point, I have no doubt that um, Dizzy Dizier- will be coaching some international team, whether it's England or Australia. Um, he'll do a great job. It's just it probably just comes down to when he wants to do it really.
7: Be sure to stay tuned to Talk Sport for the very latest on that as the summer progresses. But under Trevor Bayliss, will England return to the top of the Cricket World Cup group stage table? Be sure to listen to Friday's following on podcast while they react to this game and look ahead to a double header of action on Saturday as India face Afghanistan at 1030. And the West Indies face New Zealand at 1.30.
1: truly the best place to be a cricket fan
2: well we heard a bit from Moeen Ali there if he is selected to play tomorrow it will be his 100th one day international appearance for England and of course he was on press conference duty today
3: uh, obviously means a lot um, to play 100 games for England ODI games it's obviously a dream never ever thought in my wildest dreams that I would get close to it so um, you know it's an amazing feeling
7: is there a moment in the previous 99 matches that maybe stands out above all others for you?
3: Probably 100 at Bristol will be definitely one. Um, but not just being part of the team, being part of the the change, I guess, since uh, when I first came in from 2015. And um, to see the team where we are now, it's um, I think that would be... Hard. Looking back, if I was to retire, I'd always think about. I was, I was part of that that change and that whole mindset changing and um, the great cricket that we played. How is the team at the moment?
7: You obviously had those injury blows a week or so ago. People are getting better now, of course. We saw Jason Roy for the first time with a bat today, for example. How's his recovery gone?
3: Uh, he's doing really well, I think. Um, you know, speaking to him, he's obviously, obviously desperate to come, get himself ready and play, and hopefully we'll see him very soon. And um, but the team's uh, in. You know as always we're in great shape in terms of atmosphere around and um, everyone's looking forward to it we're not even if we have some big injuries and stuff we've got players um, who are not playing well so very good so the environment's amazing like it always is and um, we're trying to be as professional as we can in our games and we've played really well so far
7: you have got australia now in less than a week how important is it to go into that game
3: off the back of another win of course you want to win all the games but um if it doesn't happen it doesn't but um, it's obviously a big game and w- all our games are big for us and we know that momentum is key so um, both teams are playing well and I'm sure they're very confident as well so no it's a big game no matter what a situation world cup or not situ- or not world cup um, it's, a, it's a huge game for both teams
6: George. there was um,
2: England were without an opener a week or so ago and I think you've got 200s so as an ODI opener haven't you was there any thought about putting yourself forward for that role or was there any talk about
6: you going back to the top of the order?
3: No, not at all. I mean, I think if I played that Southampton game, maybe I would have opened then, but um, no, I, I think when you've got someone of Vince's quality, um, and I, th- I guess that's the reason why he was picked as a batter, uh, as a spare batter almost, and um, because of the quality that he brings as an opening batsman, and I think it's it was the right um, decision made.
2: So it's England against Sri Lanka tomorrow. Steve Harmison, the fact that Moen Ali has been put up for the press conference today uh, for his 100th appearance uh, surely tells us he is going to play.
6: Yeah, I don't see any any doubt in Moen playing. I think Moen's a, a shoe in now between now and hopefully the World Cup final. Um, and it's great credit to, to Moen. Um, fantastic young man. Uh, the way he's conducted himself and the way he's played his game and how he's important to England. No doubt about it. You know, people can, you can underestimate the, the, the importance of Mo and Ali, but his teammates will tell you how important he is. And credit to him, 100 101 Nationals tells you how good a career he's had so far. And I think he deserves to be in the England side. I'd like to see him bowl in tandem with, with Adil Rashid. So that means one of the seamers, again, has to miss out. England should, in theory, play two spinners. So it'll be an interesting call on how they go, but I think credit where credit's due. Mo and Ali's had a a fantastic career so far, and I think 100 is is credit to him, but fingers crossed he can get many, many more, and a World Cup winner's medal, and an Ashes winner's medal by the end of September.
2: You're not expecting too many problems for England? I mean, if you were to play, I mean, let's be honest, this isn't June conditions. This is more like sort of early May. If you were to play a one-day international against Sri Lanka, in England, in early May, you'd probably want to play us at Headingley, wouldn't you? So pretty much everything's in England's favour.
6: Yeah, t- well, saying that, I've been on the, on the backside end of, uh, of Sri Lanka at Headingley in a cold condition. Um, it was it 2006, Marcus Scotha got a fantastic 100. We got 350 or 360 and thought... Phew we'll win this by 150. The game lasted 35 overs in the second innings, Maka. I bowled Steve Armisen, 10 overs, none for 50, 96, I think it was. We went round the park. Taranga and, I think it was Taranga and Jay absolutely smashed us in the freezing cold. So don't write these Sri Lankans off, but I can't see that happening tomorrow. I can only see one, one outcome, and that's like what Australia have done today. England, if they get a chance to bat first on a good wicket, so right, we're going to score 350 plus, and I don't believe no matter how good a day you have, Sri Lanka, that you can get anywhere near it, and I can see that being England's game plan tomorrow. Well, thanks for that,
2: Harmi. Uh, that is it for following on for the time being. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and join us tomorrow following that England-Sri Lanka game at Headingley. Look forward to speaking to you then.